Welcome to Gleanings, where we explore holistic approaches to reaching your true potential, mind, body, and soul. If you're thinking you don't need to hear this episode because you haven't had anyone pass away recently, hold on and listen anyways. This episode encompasses more than that specific type of grief. Also, apologies in advance for any volume changes as my microphone was disconnected for a portion of the recording. Whether or not you've had anxiety prior to a loss, you may find your anxiety exasperated as you go through the grief process. Grief is a cycle that everyone goes through throughout life after experiencing a loss. So often people assume we only experience grief after a death of someone we care about. However, grief can show up after a variety of circumstances. The grief cycle is triggered by losses such as a divorce, a friend moving, the end of a relationship, could be a friendship drifting apart, a dating situation ending, feeling betrayed by a coworker that you thought was a friend, a child going to college or moving out or away, and yes, from a death. These are all forms of loss. The level of duress and intensity of the grief is impacted by the depth of the relationship, a person's resistance to or avoidance of the grieving process, the tools a person has to move through their grief, and anything that feels unresolved. You might wonder how these are all grief. The reason is that grief is all about loss. Loss of a person, a dream, an opportunity, or the way you wanted something to be or thought it would turn out. The Kubler-Ross model of the grief cycle was initially developed for individuals who had a terminal illness. Therefore, some people will dispute if it is valid for individuals who have experienced a loss. I think that if a tool can be useful to show our thoughts and feelings more clearly, then it should be utilized, unless, of course, there is a harmful impact. There are five parts or phases to the grief cycle. These phases come and go. They do not happen in a particular sequence and may resurface even after you have moved moved past them. The five phases include Denial This cannot be happening, you may tell yourself. Although the loss may seem undeniable, your brain is uninterested in dealing with the reality of the situation. Anger may sound like, why is this happening to me? You may be angry with yourself, a living person, or even a person that has passed away. You may even be searching for someone to blame, which can include yourself, others, or both. Bargaining I will do blank if this can be reversed. The blank could be filled with anything under the sun. It is a form of begging the person, the circumstances, the universe, or God to make it different than it is. Depression. What's the point? Or it's hopeless. Or there's no longer a reason to go on. This involves a level of acceptance that the loss is real. You might isolate yourself and the emotions are no longer bottled up. The tears are flowing. And fifth, acceptance. It is going to be okay. The loss is real. It can't be exchanged for a different scenario. The mind has entered a more logical phase. 
David Kessler brings to our awareness the possibility of a sixth phase, which is that of trying to find the meaning behind experiencing the loss in his book, Finding Meaning. So where does anxiety fit into the picture? Anxiety creeps in through each of these phases, but most prevalently with denial and bargaining. During denial, it may look like if I don't accept this, then I don't have to deal with the feelings and I won't have to face any guilt or unresolved aspects of the situation prior to the loss. Now, of course, these thoughts are not always conscious. Our subconscious, when we aren't processing our thoughts consistently, is often working overtime to generate anxiety for this or that reason in an attempt to protect us even from ourselves. During bargaining may be the phase that anxiety surfaces the most intensely as our brain searches through all the what-if scenarios. Our brain will come up with all the what-if scenarios that we give it the time to think of. With every what-if scenario, there's a dynamic of guilt with what we could have possibly done differently to change the outcome of the scenario. There are many things we can do to break the anxiety-grief cycle after a loss but we are going to focus on only five of them. First is journaling. Spill it all out on paper. When we avoid our thoughts or feelings, they become more deeply rooted. They fester like an infested tooth until we have absolutely no option but to deal with them. Second, perform a ritual. This summer, while kayaking, I came upon a makeshift memorial on one of the lake banks for a local girl who had recently passed away. She had been missing and thought to have been kidnapped, but was discovered to have actually drowned. As it had been all over the news, there was a sense of loss for all that had been praying for her safe return. As I sat there in my kayak, emotionally letting go of the outcome I had hoped for, I thought of other scenarios that I was still wrapped up in grief over because I was still longing for a different outcome. I decided to visualize letting go of those impossible outcomes along with letting go of this young girl who had left the earth so young. I felt a very heavy weight being lifted off my heart. The third thing we can do is create a container for the feelings. This ties into the first idea of the journaling, but can be done throughout any time of the day, regardless of the activity. We are often taught to bottle up how we feel so we don't burden anyone else with what we are going through. This can be simply a mental container that has a time span or an actual physical container. Perhaps you are needing to be more functional throughout the day, but the thoughts are eating away at you constantly. You can tell your brain, I hear you, and at 7 p.m. I will listen to your thoughts about this loss. This allows you to, in essence, let it go until a later time period. You can also create a physical box for your grief. You can decorate a box as your grief box. You can write your grief-related thoughts on slips of paper and put them in the box. You can then tie in the ritual option by burning the papers in a safe space to do so, like a fireplace or a campfire. I call this my surrender box. Number four may be the hardest. It's to have patience with yourself. You have experienced a loss and it is okay to have a wide range of thoughts and feelings about this loss. Number five, talk it out. You don't have to go through the grief process alone. You can talk to a friend, a family member, a therapist, or a life coach. 
Feeling that you are alone will only prolong how long you are trapped feeling hopeless and anxious. Everyone experiences loss that results in grief and anxiety. There is no judgment or shame for how you are moving through the grief process, nor about how much anxiety may have arisen as a result of what you are experiencing. If you are ready to feel less grief, the best way to deal with it is to recognize that it is occurring, seek support, and take action to help it process. If you would like support through your grief cycle, please reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, or by email. These links are all in the show notes. There is also a link in the show notes to the opportunity for 10 people to get life coaching for six weeks for free, no strings attached. I am simply wanting to bless 10 people with my brand new coaching program. Remember, processed thoughts create desired results.